Hey y'all, I'm Deidre. And I'm Sarah. And this is Scream and Sugar. Okay, so once again, <laughs> we, we do not have everybody. I'm back. Chelsea is gone. Didn't we say this last time? Like, yes, <laughs> I was just about to say it's because I specifically said, don't let anything happen to where you're not there to record. Yes. And then it happened. And she's but, under the weather today, not with COVID, but. Right. No, I did not give her the COVID. I don't think I have the COVID, <laughs> but I've just been being safe just in case. We've been very safe about it. Yeah. yeah. We've, we said a while ago that it's, basically not even a three-person podcast right now it's more like a two and a half person podcast <laughs> yes either someone's there on like a facetime aka me or you're there in spirit so yeah you know it's been a thing but we're keeping it going for y'all we're gonna keep it going we are and hopefully friday it'll be back to normal yes yes yes, yes. Well, we're not normal but you know the usual <laughs> yeah <laughs> as normal as it could be with the three of us there <laughs> exactly Okay, so my case today, by the time you all hear it, it'll be the 99th anniversary of the murders. And I'm so excited. It's a really well-known murder case, I would say. And I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about it because I know what it is. Yes, Sarah knows about it. Yeah, I feel like it's one that is pretty infamous, but just as many people that know about it, the same amount don't know about it and have never heard of it. Right. Yeah. Like I heard about it. It is. Well, and like I heard about it on BuzzFeed Unsolved, like when they first started, this was like their second or third episode. So this has been like five years ago or something. And I was like, I'm, I was like, oh my God, I have not heard of this. And so then I started looking more into it and listening to podcasts about it because their episodes used to only be like four or five minutes. Like they tell you a little story and it was done. So they like summed all this up in four minutes. How in the world did they do that? I have so much stuff. I have no clue. Like, I don't know. Like I'm sitting here with like seven pages worth of stuff and they were like four minutes in and out. And I was like, oh, okay. So yes. So here we go, y'all. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> On the night of March 31st, 1922, 99 years ago, <laughs> one of the most gruesome, and I put this in here for Chelsea, and bamboozling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unsolved crimes would take place in German history on a small Bavarian farmstead built in 1863 called Hinter Kaifek. And Hinter means behind in German. And Kaifek was the name of like the hamlet at the time. Lived six family members, Andreas Gruber, 63, the dad, his wife, Cecilia. And so I had to look it up. It had like an umlaut. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I don't know how to say her name because it has an umlaut over the A, which is like those two dots you see. And I thought it was Cecilia or something. And then it was Cecilia. And I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) cool. She was 72, his wife, Cecilia. Their widowed daughter, Victoria Gabriel, 35, and her two children, Cecilia, which named after her mom, seven, and Uh Joseph, two, and the maid, Maria Baumgartner, 44. So before we get to the crime, there's some strange things that were happening on the farm that everyone should know about, Uh, which is my favorite part. Like, oh, 
Yes. So six months before the incident, the family maid had quit, which was not Maria. Apparently hearing strange sounds in the attic and believing the house was haunted. She rolled right out. Not blame her. Mm-mm. I would have rolled right out. Yeah. She was like, mm, I'm hearing shit. Gotta go. And she left. Mm-hmm. Remember and, our uh, little work friend that had somebody living in her attic? Yes. See, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why you lock your doors. Oh, she was she was so chill, very calm. She'd be a great person to call in an emergency situation because she was just like, uh-huh. and there was a man in my attic. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. So nonchalant. I saw uh, an article on Google the other day. This woman was hearing noises coming from her attic. So she took a selfie stick Mm-mm. and like pointed it up there. And there was a man up there with Ooh. a bed and clothes. And he had been living there for a year. <gasps> See? In her attic. I could almost have an attic. I do have a little storage thing, but it's not. I have an attic, like a full ass attic. And I constantly think about that. And that's like making my eyes water. You better make sure nobody else goes up there. Get you a selfie stick. mm -mm. (laughs) That's just worse. I just need somebody to go up there and look. Okay. I got (laughs) to. I'll pay you to make sure nobody's living in my attic. Gotta regroup. Because <laughs> we'll move on. I don't want to give you a panic attack. <laughs> I think about that shit all the time. I get so scared. So the same month of the crime, Andreas found a strange newspaper from Munich, which is about 45 miles away from them on the property. And no one remembered buying it. So he just figured the postman had given the paper to the wrong house. That's not yeah. what happened. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah. After after some research, it came out that no one in the vicinity of Hinterkaifeck subscribed to that paper. So, like, there was nobody on the route that would have been getting it. What? <laughs> Not stemming any red flags or anything for anybody yet. A few days before the 31st, Andreas had told his neighbors, oh, this is the one that gets me, he found tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to a broken <laughs> door lock in the farm's machine room. Uh-uh. Yeah, and they went there and then they never trailed back. So later that night, I was like, fresh footprints in the snow and they don't lead it back to anywhere. So somebody came and never left. They never left. They never left. So <laughs> later that night, they heard footsteps in the attic, but Gruber found no one there whenever he checked the building. And although he had told a couple of people about what was happening, he refused to accept to accept to accept <laughs> help, and the details were never reported to the police. <sighs> like, sorry, I thought it was a glitch or something. No, it was just me. <laughs> just me. I refuse to accept that. And someone even offered him a gun and he was like, no, it's fine. What? I'm sorry. Does he have a death wish? He did. And it came true, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. So. Bad way. Yeah. Also, there was a school friend of little Cecilia, Victoria's daughter. According to her, Victoria fled the farm the night of the 30th after a violent fight and had later been found in the forest. And doesn't say who this fight was with. So probably just some, you know, just some rumors going around maybe. But I had had never heard that. I heard it before, but I've only heard it like one time. And I'm assuming it was with Andreas or, um, or this other person that I'll be talking about in a minute. 
So, on the 31st, the new maid, Maria Baumgartner, arrived at the farm for her first day. She was brought by her sister, and her sister had left the farm that day after a short stay. She is assumed to be the last person to see the family alive. Hmm. So, on her first day at work, (laughs) she gets murdered. Like, it's not funny, but it's just so shitty. Like, everybody who goes to work at a new job, and they're complaining, this place sucks. Well, at least you ain't dead. Right. At, at least, least you survived your first day on the job. Exactly. Oh my like gosh. I, weren't like her suitcases were still packed. Like she hadn't even like settled in like at all yet. Yeah, no. Like she was just getting to know the grounds. Didn't last the night. Mm-mm. Oh God. Okay. So on April 1st, coffee sellers. So we're like skipping over the murder. I'm like teasing you. You're going to find out what happens before. Okay. So April 1st, these two coffee sellers, Con Shavrosky and Edward Shavrosky, so I guess they're brothers, uh, arrived at the farm to place an order, which is kind of cool. They did that back then. So uh, when no one responded to the knocks on the door and window, they walked around the yard, but they didn't find anybody. They only noticed the gate to the machine house was open before they decided to leave. Victoria's little girl, Cecilia, was absent without an excuse from school the next few days, and the family didn't show up to church, which was unusual. People in the area also noticed no one was tending to the farm. And the family dog wasn't roaming around and barking, and it was eerily quiet. So then this assembler named Albert Hoffner went to Henner Kaifek on the 4th uh, to repair the engine of the food chopper. The chopper ain't chopping. The chopper ain't chopping, and he's here to fix that. So (laughs) he said he hadn't seen any of the family and heard nothing but the sounds of the farm animals and the dog was inside the barn, which breaks my heart because he was probably watching over the bodies. Poor little dog. Yeah, but the dog, they didn't kill the dog. He was in the barn, or the dog, it may have been a sheep. Was in the dog. Was in the dog. Was in the barn. <laughs> the barn was in the dog. <laughs> so after waiting to see if anyone would greet him, like they knew he was coming, he decided to just do the repair and finished it about four and a half hours later. So it was a big job, apparently. Mm-hmm. So then, around three thirty the same day, Lorenz Schlittenbauer, a close neighbor, that's fun schlittenbauer Schlittenbauer. i love saying it (laughs) i don't say lorenz a lot i put in most of the german that i could pronounce that i felt like i could pronounce decently let me rephrase that (laughs) Uh, and some of it i was like just gonna say something different here that's Uh, why you word that one yep i'm just gonna a witness (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a close neighbor i think he's actually the farm like right next door but he Yeah, he rounded up two neighbors to go to the farm. When they get there, they notice all the doors were locked and the entrance to the machinery room was open. From there, they entered the stable. Under a board covered with hay, the men found Andreas and Cecilia, their daughter Victoria, and her daughter, little Cecilia's bloody bodies stacked on top of each other. Mm. Yeah. Like, why are they stacked on top of each other? Like that's, I don't know. I feel like that just makes it even more morbid and dark. Yeah. It's so creepy. What's the reason behind that? Yeah. Like under a board with the hay, the four bodies stacked on top of each other. Uh, They all showed signs of massive head trauma. Their skulls and faces were crushed. Mm. The older Cecilia had strangulation marks on her neck and they found Victoria's daughter. Y'all, this is Mm -hmm. so sad. They found little warning. Yes. Little kids. Yeah. They found her daughter 
little Cecilia, who's like seven, with a clump of hair in her hand and bald spots on her scalp where she ripped her hair out as she laid in agony for several hours before her death. Oh my gosh. It's so awful. They're assuming that she, I mean, she obviously lived through her attack, Mm -hmm. but then I don't know how the bodies were stacked. They don't ever say who died first. So I'm hoping she was at the top. Yes. Because if not, can you? oh gosh, Mm mm-mm. It's so bad. I can't even bring myself to say the words. Mm-mm. You imagine if she wasn't right. on top, living through that. Yeah, and just, mm-mm. So. Poor little baby. I know, it's awful. A hallway connected the barn to the house. Schlittenbauer headed into the Gruber's living room by himself, unlocked the house door from the inside, and let the other men in the house. The Gruber's new maid was dead in her bed, and Victoria's son Joseph lay lifeless in his crib. They'd both died from violent blows to their heads, too. It's just terrible. This poor little baby. The news of the murders were spreading quickly, and this part I just cannot deal with these assholes. I'd never heard this until I researched it. I wonder if you're going to say what I think you're going to say. Locals came to the farm. They walked around the crime scene. And started poking the bodies and just destroying. Yes. Yes. Okay, no, that's not, that is not what I thought. Oh, I'm I'm saying (laughs) that because we're on Zoom so I can see her mouth drop. And I'm like, yes, bitch. Yes. (laughs) These assholes are poking the bodies, like just, and poking around in general, destroying evidence. It's 1922 in Bavaria, Germany. Like, they're probably not closing everything off like they should. So I guess people just came around and was just messing with them. And then someone finally told the nearest police department, which was in Munich, 45 miles away. So lead investigator George Reingruber drove from Munich and spent a few hours investigating the scene. The lack of useful forensic evidence and the huge amount of speculation among the Gruber's neighbors just messed it all up. Yeah. I was going to say, too, but I thought you were going to say was that people were going in there and they were, like, getting in the fridge and, like, eating. Oh, just going in their house and eating after the murders. Yeah. Unless I had that confused with a different case. I don't know why I would think it was this one. But, yeah, if I remember right. They went in there and would, like, make a sandwich, whatever. Yeah, so they fucked everything up, basically. Like, they're poking. (laughs) (laughs) They messed everything up. But someone had lured the victims one by one to the barn before killing them. And Mm. they, they don't know how. They don't know what they did. You know, I'm sure somebody got lured out there from whatever. They might have, like, let some animal loose. So they got lured into the barn. They killed them. And I I just picture somebody being like, well, where's so-and-so? Yeah, what's taking them so long? Yeah, like, where's Andreas? Weren't some of them in pajamas and some of them in, like, their day clothes? Yes. So it was like like some people were going to bed and some people hadn't changed into their night clothes yet. I did not have that in there, but I remembered that. So together we will... We got this. Bring little we'll snippets. Remember all the little deets. Yes. So then Dr. Johann Baptiste Amuller, I don't know why I put his middle name in there, but I did. you wanted to say. <laughs> he performed the autopsies the day after their bodies were discovered. He determined the murder weapon was probably a mattock, which I never heard of a mattock. We can put a picture on Instagram. <laughs> yes, we will. We will. I, I'm a very visual learner. 
So yes, <laughs> I was like, I should have had a picture of this ready so that I could show her. But anyway, so that or an actual just pickaxe itself. Um, mm-hmm. A year after the murders, the community demolished the farm and they found a pickaxe in the attic of the house before it was demolished. He was up there. Mm-hmm. All those footsteps and shit that everybody was hearing. And the old, I mean, this old maid, can you imagine Mm-mm. just reading this and being like, oh shit. Be I like, knew. Yeah, nobody wanted to listen to me. I know. Everybody thought I was crazy. Now look, now they're dead. Just people up in the attic. I knew I heard something. And then I'd just throw up because somebody was up there plotting my demise. Mm-mm. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm <just laughs> speechless. There's no words will come out. It's crazy. So then, after the autopsies, a court physician removed their heads and sent them to Munich for further examination. Some say that they were given to clairvoyance to uh, learn about the killer or killers who murdered them, which I thought was very superstitious. Just like touch, touching on their head? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just holding their head and seeing what they can see, but... Obviously, that didn't lead to anything because the case is still unsolved. So, yeah, so they send it to the clairvoyance to learn more about the killer or killers. That didn't work. And for some reason, their skulls were kept in Munich. So the family and Maria had to be buried without their heads. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, no heads. Just you're not Why gonna did they them. keep them? I don't know if they weren't done examining them or what, but they didn't give them back. And the family had to be buried. And so they were buried without their heads, all of them. Mm -mm. It's insane. Then the skulls went missing following World War II and were never recovered. Yeah, so now we don't even know where the heads are at all. Like, see, like I, I forgot, and I was about to ask, like, if they ever got them back. But nope, I guess not. Nope. After World War, which I mean, World War II, Germany was like completely destroyed. So it makes sense. But if they had just given the damn skulls back, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what they would have. Yeah, I don't know what they would have done with them now that the bodies are buried. But something. Well, I mean, they exhume bodies all the time. They could have, you know, put them with them so they can have the whole remains buried. Right. Something. Jeez. So, yeah, that just never happened. So who knows where those skulls are now? It was easy for the police to figure out when the murders happened because Maria, like I'd already talked about, the new maid, had just started working the day that the killings took place. Mm -hmm. The mailman delivered the mail the next day on Saturday. Oh, and when he came back, like on Sunday or Monday, whatever, the letters had been untouched. I thought you were going to say they were gone. (laughs) They were gone. (laughs) (laughs) No, they hadn't been touched. So the police were like, okay, this obviously happened on Friday. Yeah. Because they didn't pick up their mail on Saturday at all. Originally, the police thought the motive for the crime was a robbery. But when they found Gruber's supply of cash in the house, they knew the Grubers weren't murdered for that reason. It was something different. According to the evidence, the murderer might have stayed hidden at the farm for a couple of days after the murders, like a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um, the neighbors. Creeper. Yeah. So like there Just was a creeping. Creeping. Oh, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, and what's weird is everyone was like, it was quiet and nothing seemed to be going on. But then people started remembering, I guess, and they were like, I saw smoke rising from the chimney sometime that Friday after they were murdered. And apparently it smelled really bad. I've already, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I forgot. I was like, did I not put that in there? It did smell really bad. And I'm like, nope, it's later on in the story, Deidre. Stop. <laughs> Just read what you got and stop trying to fill in. Just read what you got. Sound like my dad. Just read what you got. 
Okay, since I'm jumping off page, let me find my spot again. So, farm animals and the livestock were fed, and someone even went through the trouble to milk the cows. What the hell? So they're just living there. Yeah, they're just living it up. There was also recently eaten food in the family's house. So Mystery. <laughs> Mr. <Mister> Mystery. <laughs> So they, yeah, someone's just eating the food in the house. So someone not only lived in the house after murdering them, but maintained the farm and made meals in the house, just eating around dead people. Like, the maid is in her room. Joseph is in his bassinet, bless his sweet little soul. And you're just in the house. You're tending to the farm. Just walking past him. So I'm wondering, did they know that the little girl was still alive? And they just, oh, God. Oh, okay, see, look, because now I'm thinking, I'm like, well, maybe she was on the bottom because he wouldn't have known. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh-huh. this is just, sorry, y'all. This is just sad shit. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the more sad, <laughs> to less sad shit. You know, I'm always finding these murders filled with scandal in some type of way. Mm-hmm. Well, this the one's tea. Not, yes. the tea. Well, there's a little bit of tea in this one. While the police were investigating, they heard all kinds of dirty laundry being aired about the Grubers. One major indiscretion kept coming up. Some unknown person filed a complaint either in 1914 or 15 against Andreas and his daughter Victoria for incestuous relations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. At the time, Victoria would have been pregnant or would have recently given birth to her daughter, Cecilia. The court, mm-hmm. yeah, the court found Andreas and Victoria guilty and both served one year in prison. But there is a conflicting report out there that's saying uh, Victoria may have served just one month. Okay. How old was she again? Victoria was, Victoria was 35. So she would have been like 23 at the time they accused her, I think, this is about eight years before. Still, like, she shouldn't have done any time, because if that was going on, you know it was going on whenever she was younger. Yeah, see, and that's something... It's not a consensual thing. <laughs> right, and that's the thing that I've said, you know, or that I've said, that I've said in, in here, in, the, <laughs> in my research, <laughs> to tell you was, you know, I'm hoping... And I'll probably just reread it again later. I'm hoping there was just a miscarriage of justice that they were locked away. Yeah. They weren't having something going on. But if they were, I hope that it was consensual somehow and she wasn't just being raped. Because if she was, then that's really shitty that she got put in jail for being raped. Yeah. I would rather it be two screwed up people doing that than one screwed up person forcing that on somebody. Exactly. Oh, we just don't know about that either. Just more sadness, just deep layers of sadness. All that pit of despair is just getting deeper and deeper, deeper. Yes, <laughs> we're just we sinking. <laughs> we're we're in the sunken place, just slowly getting <laughs> lower. Oh, so another sad thing that happened uh, in the past. Victoria had said her daughter's father was Carl Gabriel, who died in battle in World War One, December nineteen fourteen. Mm. Yeah. However, not long after Carl and Victoria married in uh, April of 1914, Carl left and returned to his parents' house before he went to war. One witness claimed Carl left because Victoria was cheating and there had been questions about who their daughter belonged to. Mm-hmm. So there's that little bit of tea going around. Like, he didn't even stay long after they got married. Probably because she was cheating on him, is what people are saying. We don't know. Yeah, you know all the townspeople are just... Spilling the tea. <laughs> I heard this, and Jenny up the road heard this. Gretel said... Da, 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 da. <laughs> 
Gretel. <laughs> Gretel. So then other witnesses said a mysterious man hanging around the Gruber farm was seen and they believed he might have been the murderer. Ooh, this, yeah. part's, this part's creepy. One man remembers passing the farm the day after the murders and as he crossed paths with the man there carrying a lantern, uh, I just ran right through that. So. <laughs> There was a man. He was walking past the farm after the murders, and he crossed paths with a man there carrying a lantern. He couldn't see his face because the man held the lantern close to his eyes, making him blinded by the light. Okay? Not good. <laughs> Screaming Sugar Podcast is not on rights to the music. Um, Thank you. But, <laughs> but that's creepy as hell. The guy didn't put the lantern towards his face. He put the lantern up toward the man oh. walking by his face, blinding him that way. I'd be like, uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah, like the fuck? I'm sorry. Uh, hello? What are you even doing here? Yeah, and so that's the guy who said he noticed the smoke and the disgusting smell from the fireplace. Oh, okay. He told the police this, but it wasn't looked into. No one knows what was being burned in the oven that night could have just i mean i don't know what it could have been because all the bodies were there but like maybe some bloody clothes yeah and some stuff i don't know some murder stuff <laughs> some stuff <laughs> some murder you know what stuff. i bet it was i bet it was stuff but whatever it was it wasn't good so Mm-mm. it never is no so then simon ricelander a local farmer and butcher was on his way home when he saw two figures at the edge of the forest. When the stranger saw him, everybody's creepy as hell here. <laughs> they, mm-hmm, I've noticed. <laughs> all these creepy ass people lurking. Okay, just lurking. When they saw him, they turned around so that their faces would be hidden. Like they just turned their backs to him. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He didn't think much no. of it. <laughs> didn't think much of it till the murders happened. And he's like, wait a minute. I would have thought something immediately. Mm-hmm. I had to call the police the other day in line at the Taco Bell. I'll tell that story when we get off. <laughs> yes, girl. Okay. A mess. Why do I always see this shit? I was like, I was on the phone with my mom. I was like, I got to go. I got to call 911. She was like, what? Click up. Like, she didn't thought I got out to assist. No, I'm calling the police. We need help. Oh my gosh. I just can't. So anyway, the police interviewed suspects, including traveling salesmen and tradesmen who were in the area at the time. Over time, the suspect list grew to over 100 people. Yeah. But the police made no arrest in the crime. So with that being said, since there were over 100 people, you know, there's a bunch of stuff where it was like, oh, they said they did it, but maybe they didn't. And da 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 da. So our main suspects that I'm going over, they're the two with the most motive. And I'm pretty sure one of the two is the one that did it, in my opinion. <laughs> they both have a motive, but I know which one did it. <laughs> yes, we know who did it. So Lorenz Schlittenbauer, who we talked about previously, mm-hmm. he, he's one of the main suspects. He's the neighbor who initiated the search for the Grubers at Henner Kaifek with the two neighbors. So in 1931, they interview him during their reinvestigation into the case. According to that interview, Schlittenbauer and Victoria began sleeping together in 1918 after his wife died. Mm-hmm. She wanted him to marry her and he was open to it. But when she told him she was pregnant, he doubted that he was the father because Andreas Gruber was known to be doing the nasty with his daughter, which, and this is where I wrote about it i was like it wasn't said in the article but hopefully if this incest shit was going on it was consensual this is when she's pregnant with joseph i keep forgetting because i'm like some of this isn't making sense now that i'm re-looking at it but i'm like oh yeah she's pregnant again with joseph 
Okay. Because her daughter's like seven by the time all this stuff happens, which all lines up now that I'm remembering. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) told him she was pregnant. He was like, "Mm, I don't know about it because your daddy is messed up. So, so yeah. So we're hoping that that was just something weird that they did and she wasn't being attacked her whole life. Okay. Hopefully. Yeah. Praying. Praying. So once Victoria told Lorenz she was pregnant, he filed a complaint with the police against her and Andreas for incest. So I don't, the way people are acting, which I mean, the way people acted back then, it was the woman's fault anyway. But I'm thinking if you're sleeping with her and then you're going to just go ahead and turn her in for incest too, you would want to be on her side if she was like lying about it. Yeah. Or I mean, like if she was into it and she lied and said, oh, he's attacking me. You know, you would believe her. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if she's not saying anything or what's happening. But either way, he filed a police report. But Victoria pleaded with him in tears to accept the fatherhood of the child. He agreed and withdrew the complaint. Okay. So I'm guessing. So she that was, like, was that. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing she's like, you are the father. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and take it out. <laughs> but pleading with tears sounds like, please. Don't do this. I don't know. It's a mess. No, it doesn't sound like that would be consensual. Yeah. Although he never knew who the father was 100%, he referred to Joseph as, I don't know if this is like Yosef, now that I've been saying Joseph. Yosef. I'm like, is it is it Yosef? I don't know. As Manbubaru, which means my boy, not in Aww. modern day German. I know. So like when he found him, he was like, Manbubaru. But he's still a suspect, so. Can't get too sad for him. Because they could have just seen your face. <laughs> yeah, because like, I was just sad. And then you just straight face. But, but, because I literally, I just remembered, I was really feeling bad for him for a second. I was like, wait a minute. I think he did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the end, I was like, get it together. Too much empathy. In the end, Schlittenbauer's statements convinced police he was innocent, but the locals were always suspicious of him because he unlocked the door with a key and went into the house alone. And a key, hmm. uh-huh, and a key had went missing several days before the murders. But Victoria could have given him a key if they were messing around, you know. So the missing key could have been she gave it to him. And there was talk in like some of the podcasts I listened to where like Andreas would get angry about her being with Schlittenbauer and stuff. So like this was one of those things where he was mad because she was sleeping with someone else and not sleeping with him or, you know. Like a love triangle in the most screwed up way possible. Yeah. So, I mean, Mm-mm. it may have been considered missing because she didn't want her dad to know that she had given him a key, whatever. Either way, yeah. when he went in through that like barn entrance or whatever it was, he unlocked that door with one key and then went and unlocked the door to the front of the house to let the neighbor guys in. Okay. So they, yeah. So that was weird to everybody. They're like, oh, that key went missing. He just had a key and just walked in by himself. So the like two he ne- felt comfortable there. Yeah. You know, like he just went ahead and went on in. You know, and the two neighbors that went with him asked, why'd he go in alone? They didn't know if the murderer was still inside, you know, and he replied uh, to check on his son. Uh, He also disturbed the bodies at the scene, possibly compromising the investigation. Just add him to the list of least, the least of people. (laughs) The least. That have already been messing with everything. Yes. So before anybody even, before the police even got there, before the assholes came and poked 
and prodded with the bodies and shit, he was moving because there's pictures and I didn't know if I wanted to put the pictures on Instagram of like the actual crime scene. They're not terrible, but I mean, they are dead bodies laying there. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to look it up, you can find them easily. I mean, the torso murder, there's the pictures out there of the The, torso that was found. Right. If you want to look it up, feel free, but I don't want to put it out there. Yeah. For everybody. Yeah. Just see these dead bodies. For the little weak tummies out there. Yeah. Yeah. This one. Um, so like every picture that you find of them, it's usually like a man to the left and a woman to the right. And you never see the little girl or the other woman. And I don't, and I'm assuming it's Victoria that we see because, you know, Cecilia is 72. So just by looking at the outfit that the woman is wearing, it doesn't seem like it's a 72 year old woman's legs. You know, I mean, if they are good for her, but they look like, it looks like a younger woman's body. You can't ever find pictures of them stacked together because by the time everyone got there, Lorenz yeah, had, already, had already messed with everything. Yeah, everybody already messed with them. And he picked up and moved. He started moving people right from the jump, just messing everything up or messing everything up on purpose because his, which is 1922, they're not destined for fingerprints, but you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah. he's saying some stuff and it seemed like things only the killer would know. A local teacher, because I couldn't say his name, walked up to Lorenz visiting the memorial in 1925. So this is three years after the murders because once they tore it down, they did put a memorial up and I'll talk more about that at the end, but um, he was visiting it and this guy asks him what he's doing. You know, why, why are you here at the memorial? Which is nosy as hell. This is his his, yeah, why do you care? Yeah. Mind your business. Now, everybody knew that he was with Victoria. You know, they knew that Joseph was his son, proposed, you know, supposedly, whatever. And they're just, he just being nosy. Well, what this man said was that Lorenz went on to say, I guess later, because it doesn't make sense for him to just like pop out with this. But he said the murderer tried to bury the family, but the ground was frozen. What? Like, oh, 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 did they? How, do, how would you know? Because you're the, you're the damn killer. Is that, is that why? I tried to bury them, but the ground was frozen. Yeah, like the mark, you mean you, <laughs> you tried and the ground was frozen? So you just threw some hay on them and a board? But it, okay. <laughs> I'm confused. And then took care of both the farms, but ate in their house? So either he, he did it and he's murdered, or he knows who the murderer is because he spoke to him and told him about it. And then he's just not saying, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, what the hell is going on? So, another rumor is that Lorenz killed the family after Victoria demanded financial support for Joseph, or Yosef. But before he died in 1941, he won several civil claims for slander against people who named him the murderer of Hinterkaifeck. Hmm. Yeah, so he was like, I'm suing all y'all. Y'all ain't gonna call me a murderer, but... Which, if he really isn't, then I don't blame him either. I, I would be too. Right. It'd be just as salty. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would suck if you had nothing to do with it and you lost your could-be child, you know, who you considered your child and mm-hmm. your girlfriend, lover, whatever you want to say, but it's also just very strange how he just walked right in with this just key. The, yeah. You the know. vibe he gives off. Yeah, and all the doors were locked, so the only way somebody could do 
that mm-hmm. is if they had one key and they could lock the door behind them. You know what I'm saying? True. True. <laughs> I'm like, you know, so uh, <laughs> what's going on there? You know, but the other person who was a vic, uh, who was a victim, <laughs> who was a suspect, it's a little less stable, but still interesting is Carl Gabriel, which is Victoria's husband, who was uh-huh. reportedly killed in World War One. So people think that he didn't really die. Mm-hmm. Or his ghost. Now, uh, I think... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, he didn't really die because his fellow soldiers never recovered his body. So it was like, ah. mm, could have been him. We don't know if he's really dead is what people are thinking. The police said they needed to confirm his death. So some people around town thought Carl returned to the Gruber's home to seek revenge because he didn't believe he was the father of Joseph. But when investigators spoke to a few soldiers who said they saw Carl, <laughs> Carl, <laughs> You reminded me of uh, the teacher on Jimmy Neutron. Oh, Carl. (laughs) Literally what I did. Good God. Okay. That was great. Um, they spoke to a few soldiers who said that they saw Carl's dead body. And then they were like, okay, like he's, he's gone for sure. (laughs) They just left it alone. Okay. Like, all right, well, they said they saw him. But the story got around because some German prisoners claimed to have seen Carl in a Soviet Russian uniform. Hmm. They were like, we seen him. He was in the uniform. You know, I don't know. But I mean, he could have came back. And I'm trying to think, does this even fit? Because when was Joseph born? He would have been born in 1920. Yeah. Maybe these people, because I know I wrote this right. Maybe they meant Victoria. Maybe they meant he didn't know if he was... The father of Victoria, because son of mm, little Cecilia is who I'm talking about. Okay, I was like, what? <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> I don't know what happened. My brain scrambled after this whole <laughs> situation that we had, and now I'm just not making any sense. So, to clarify, I'm wondering if the people had a misprint in their article and meant to say he came back. And was angry because he didn't think he was the daughter. (laughs) If he was the father of Victoria's daughter, little Cecilia, that has to be who they're talking about because Yosef (laughs) or Joseph wouldn't have been born conceived when he was around anyway. So, (laughs) Lord help me. Okay, moving on. That's just a little kind of you know, spooky, ooky, he came back and did all of that. And I mean, he would probably be able to find the keys if there were keys around and stuff. And, you know, yeah. I mean, nobody ever found his body technically. And there were the two people that were seen at the end of the, well, you know, there was the man that they saw that. The lantern man. Yeah, the lantern man. I mean, why would Lorenz be doing that if he lives close? It wouldn't be weird to see him walking down the street. So it could. I mean, it is true, though, that if you do something like that, you can get over paranoid and be doing stuff that's out of the ordinary that doesn't really make sense. But you do it just because you're like, oh, I just did all this stuff. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking. And it was funny because in the BuzzFeed episode, the guy who. uh, Okay. Okay. Hang on. You had something happen, and it, you, <laughs> when you listen back, you'll hear it. But you go, and what's weird is that in the. Uh, 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 
you were you were Andy Gibb from the Beaches <laughs> there for a second. <laughs> oh my God! Well, you weren't Andy Gibb. You were like Jimmy Fallon when he doing was Andy Gibb. <laughs> Andy Gibb. <laughs> I, was I can't. Okay. Oh, that was so funny. Okay. I don't remember where I was at, but yeah, I guess Carl or Lorenz Schlittenbauer could have done that. Could have just been like, oh, I did this. No one can know. Wham. And like. Yeah. So so either lantern. way, either suspect, they both point to uh, Victoria being the target or yes. like the centered around it. And that's what I was going to mention earlier. She obviously was because she was the only one that was strangled. We'll see. And here's the thing that wasn't even victoria that was strangled it was oh, her mom cecilia something she something was, had to have been going on with cecilia then because to hit somebody bludgeon them blunt force trauma whatever that's one thing but to sit there and strangle somebody that's way more personal and you have to look at that person the life going out of that person for at least a couple minutes if not longer yeah like they, I don't know. And I don't know if maybe, you know, we don't know who got lured out first. Maybe the person didn't want to, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is so personal though. Mm-hmm. I mean, did they, I'm wondering if maybe they tried to, maybe they didn't try to strangle her by hand. Maybe it wasn't like manual strangulation. Maybe they got her in there and didn't want to brutalize the women like they did the men so they he like tried to just strangle her and then I guess maybe it didn't work and so then he just went on ahead with the I don't pick, know the pickaxe See, like, that that doesn't even make sense to me because if they're worried about you know not being as brutal with the women but then you're gonna kill a two-year-old and a seven-year-old like why do you care what you do to the women yeah yeah like I'm wondering if they tried and it wasn't working maybe they're mad at her because she knew about the incestuous relationship and she didn't do anything to stop it yeah stuff out there i have no idea yeah (laughs) no like we just don't know but this is some crazy shit like it doesn't make any sense but yeah like there's some other random people like the gump brothers uh they were just like these random people and uh their sister claimed on her deathbed that her brothers had committed the murders and one of them got put in police custody and the other one was already dead by the time she died. And then he ended up being dismissed again. And in 1954, um, the case against him was discontinued because he couldn't be proven to have participated in the crime. So like there's stuff like that. There's yeah, Well, there were those two guys at the woods or whatever maybe it was those two brothers right and see there's a couple it's crazy because there's like two there's like three more brothers that could have like pairs that people think may have done it like in 1971 this woman named Teresa T that's all it says wrote a letter um telling about this event that happened when she was little and around age 12 she witnessed her mother receiving a visit from the mother of these two brothers, Carl and Andreas, um, not the same Andreas, obviously. <laughs> the woman <laughs> claimed that her sons from Saddleburg were the two murderers of Hinterkaifeck. And 
the mother said Andreas regretted losing his pen knife uh, in the conversation. Well, when the farm was demolished in 1923, a pocket knife was found. Yeah, that could not be clearly assigned to anyone. Uh, but Yeah, but uh, the old maid. Okay, so her name is right here. Crescens Rieger is her name. She's the maid that bounced out. So Crescens. She, she the smart one. Yeah, Crescens maybe. Close enough. Uh, <laughs> she said she had already seen the pen knife in the yard during her service. So it's like, she's like, no, I saw that one. Cutting him out. Uh, and <laughs> then these other brothers. Oh, these brothers, the former maid, she thought that these brothers, Anton and Carl Bichler, I'm guessing, or because I don't know how you would say it that. Sounds it, good. Yeah, it would be like, anyway, Bichler is how I'm <laughs> going to say it, uh, to have committed the murders. Anton had helped with the potato harvest on Hinterkaifeck and therefore knew the premises. Um, Rieger said Bichler <laughs> talked to her often about the Gruber and Gabriel family, which Gabriel is obviously Victoria's married name. So that's why I said that. Uh, Anton reportedly suggested that the family ought to be dead. Uh, and then the maid also emphasized in her interrogation that the farm dog who barked at everyone never barked at Anton. He knew him. Yeah. In addition, she reported speaking. He was living in the attic. Yeah. He's like, oh, I know him. He's an attic man. Just, <laughs> just Lord help us. But yeah, so in addition, she reported speaking with a stranger through her window at night. Uh -huh. we, yeah, which I'm like, girl, what you doing? I was just talking to some man. I don't know. She thought it was Carl Bichler, the brother of Anton. And she thought Anton and Carl could have committed the murder together with George Siegel, who worked at Hinterkaifeck and knew of the family fortune. They well, didn't take anything. Yeah, I'm like, well, that have mattered. And apparently Siegel had broken to the home in 1920 and stolen a number of items, but he denied it. But he did say that he carved the handle of the murder weapon when he was working at Hinterkaifeck and knew the tool would have been kept in the barn passage. But if you remember, the key that went missing was the key that opened up the barn passage that Lorenz Schlittenbauer had. Mm -hmm. So when that pickaxe, like he knew it was in there, but if Victoria gave him a key, or whatever, it would make sense for her to give him that key to the barn passage because then he would go through there to get to the house. They were meeting yeah. up. And then, I mean, if he's had the key, they could have been secretly meeting up and he saw this pickaxe and was like, yep, I'm about to just do, 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 you know? <laughs> now, I know it's like, oh, I'm finding out new things. That's because I wanted to just go through and make sure that some of these other suspects weren't like had more credit because a lot of the things I researched only really had these two Carl and Lorenz but you yeah. know then you know I almost missed this stuff about the maid like this maid is going through saying some stuff and um it's crazy and then there's these other brothers the Thaler brothers they were also suspected and this is from a statement of Kretzen's the maid again the brothers had already committed several minor burglaries in the area before the crime Rieger said that Joseph stood at her window at night and asked her questions about the family, but she gave no answer. What is going on? I don't know. Crescents, why are you talking to all these men coming to your window? And why are they coming to come to my window? Why? Why are they? <laughs> why is there a Melissa Etheridge thing going on? We don't own rights. Confused. <laughs> but um, Crescents is, I'm like, did Crescents do it? 
I'm like, I think I know something, something <laughs> fishy with her. Her either she she be doing some stuff she don't need to be doing, or she just wants in on all the drama and the tea. So she's just putting her dipping her toe in. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. This is this. Well, this is getting weirder and weirder. The more that like I didn't looked into it, I knew it was weird from the jump, and now this maid is confusing me. Yeah, so she said they talked and Thaler said that he claimed to know which family member was sleeping in which room and stated that he knew they had a lot of money. During their conversation, Rieger noted that there was another person nearby. So the maid's like, we were chit-chatting, but there was also someone else there. According to her statement, Joseph and the stranger looked at the machine house and turned their eyes upward. I did hear at one point something like, they thought somebody was waiting. They were watching the. Did you hear that? Where they thought that they were watching the family from. You know how Barnes like a have a loft that? thing. Yeah, I did read somewhere where they thought that someone was watching them through the loft. Mm-mm. Yeah, so like I guess maybe somebody came out. They could see somebody coming. They killed them, and then it just finally everybody was like, "Well, where is so and so? Where is so and so?" That could have been what happened. But where they thought that is where she's saying that they were looking towards. So who knows? So I mean, there's like some shit where it could have been somebody else. You know, they also think that it was the same person who did the Velisca axe murder in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yes, have you heard of that one? Mm-hmm. Yes, I was like, that's one that we need to go over too because it's good. That is a good one. It's like not a, half- a good one, but yeah, a- <laughs> it's an interesting one. <laughs> yes, an interesting case, and it's a half and half. It's a spooky and it's a case. Mm-hmm. It's so I'm like, oh, we definitely got to do it. It's both best of both worlds in true crime because not good anyway so so yes so those are some other ones that I wasn't originally going to include but then just decided that we should and we found out some interesting things along the way like (laughs) that the old maid got spooked by you know having people by thinking it was haunted but was totally fine with these men just popping up to her window talking to her yeah she she's an odd one yeah, like, okay, Crescent, whatever you say, girl. As, like, my, as uh, my granny would say, she's cut from a different cloth. Mm-hmm. Yes, a weird cloth. Just strange. It's a weird cloth. It's <laughs> the weirdest fabric you can think of. That's what she was cut from. So, without a motive or further leads, the case dragged on with no resolution. The police finally closed the file in 1955. But in 2007, the Fürstenfeld Brook Police Academy reopened the case. But with evidence being lost and witnesses that had passed on, it made it impossible for them to solve the Henner Kaifek murders. The mm-hmm. team, yeah, like, I mean, it's been so long. They found the pickaxe after they demolished it. I don't know who, what happened to them. I mean, they couldn't keep up with their heads. So who knows where this pickaxe went? Can't even test it for DNA or anything now obviously not back then but um the team did (laughs) the team did agree on a theory of who killed the family but they kept it a secret to respect the descendants of their suspect yeah so I don't know if Lorenz had any children they never said anything about kids but he may have so now I'm like oh well who has children but I mean it could be everybody but him or it could be all of them so we you know maybe after some digging we can find out um (laughs) today the town of Kaifek goes by the name Vadehofen, and you can pay your respects at the memorial on the land that was placed after they demolished the farm. The monument has uh, each victim's names and year of birth, and it reads, On March 31st, 1922, the Gabriel Gruber family fell victim to the ungodly hand of the murderer. So that's a little dark. 
it's I get why they would put that on there. Like remember what happened to him and the person that did this, but it seems a little dark for headstone. Yes, it's very stately <laughs> for you know a monument, but then they also have a larger one in the local cemetery where they're all laid to rest. And I think that one has a Bible verse on it from Psalms. I'm pretty sure I, I saw like that, that written. Better. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> why they didn't and it could be on this other one and they just didn't say it, but I don't know why they wouldn't have. I've seen it, but the pictures are kind of far away. I don't remember seeing anything else, but those will be posted on the Instagram mm-hmm. for you to see. So that is my coverage of the Hinterkaifeck murders. That is just one of those that's, I feel like it's going to be another Chambonet Ramsey or, you know, Mara Murray or Priceless Pizza. Just ne- you're, you're never going to freaking know. Yeah. Like a Lizzie Borden, mm-hmm. even though. Everyone thinks she did Everybody it. Everybody knows what happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know she did it, but we can't really, you know, they didn't convict her. And so it's just unsolved. And I hate unsolved cases, but I obviously love them because I've only given you one that's been solved the whole time we've been doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, y'all. But they're just so <laughs> juicy. Okay. They're still, I mean, they're still just as interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like ones with a lot of suspects. And this one had a, I mean, obviously it had a hundred and I narrowed it down to those two because those were the two I found the most in my articles. But then I want to know more about this maid. Mm-hmm. What's she doing? She quit. You know, she quit all of a sudden because she hearing ghosts. But what if she knew that they were going to kill them? So she rolled out, didn't even give them a chance. She was like the SpongeBob. I, I'm yeah. out. All right, I'm <laughs> out. She's like, I'm hearing stuff up there. I think it's haunted. But she like, no, they about to kill their asses. I'm going to go ahead and go. low down i don't know it's real suspicious these people she had these people talking to her saying all this stuff she probably was like they're gonna get robbed and it's haunted i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. because i want them to kill me for telling or something crazy who knows but yeah it's been 99 years to the day whenever this will be posted and it is still unsolved and now everybody's gone and we don't know know. we're just never gonna know who did it so (laughs) who did it it? (laughs) i want to know but um, yes, I hope you all enjoyed that. I did. And I hope you enjoyed it, Sarah. I did. And I hope Chelsea enjoys it. I'll post it for her so she can listen to it today. She will. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But go to our Instagram and follow us at Screaming Sugar Podcast. And you will see pictures from this episode and all of our other episodes. I appreciate y'all who have went ahead and added us, Chelsea. And Aunt Kelly are our new followers this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And if you have any personal true crime or paranormal spooky stories, we really, really, really want to do a listener episode. We have listeners, listeners, but we don't have any of their stories. So you can email those and any case suggestions to our Gmail at screamingsugarpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yes, and I'm about to start going to you all. First of all, we need to get the girl from work who has the, the story about the... Yeah, we need to get the Attic Man story. So I'm going to leave that to you and Chelsea to go... Because I did get a new job, y'all. We didn't say anything, but I am no longer unemployed. So I've got a new hey. job. Yes, money is coming back in soon. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord. But so I'm going to have them... Just, you know, make sure it's okay to tell that story or just get her whole account of it and we can tell that story. And I'm about to go talk to my friends and get some spooky stories 
We're about to hit the streets. Yeah. Door we, to door. We're coming to you now since you <laughs> haven't Fitting came to us. <laughs> yeah. I know some of y'all's stories and I'm about to cut, like, just go ahead and start writing them up so that we can read them. Okay. Thank you. And I think, uh, I think that is it. That is it. For today. So thank you for listening. We hope that you keep listening, even through all of our struggles. <laughs> And we appreciate you listening. Yes. And we appreciate you listening and being patient with us. And remember to keep it sweet. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> <laughs>